Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hear Me See Me podcast is sponsored by Zenoti, the number one cloud software for salons and spas. Because when people feel good, they find their greatness. I am Stuart Roberts, and I'm really excited to introduce my new podcast, Hear Me See Me. It's just over five years ago, I did something that changed my life. What it did, more than I could have ever realised, it helped me. I have met some absolutely amazing people. Some of the people that work in some of these places, many of them are volunteers, but some of them, it is their job. I'd had this idea after being inspired by a guy in America I'd seen cutting hair on the streets and seeing the difference it made to the guys who were there. This is more than a job. This is a calling. Hello, this is Stuart from Hear Me, See Me podcast. And today I'm with a lovely lady who I find I found very intriguing over Instagram. And she's going to share with you and me a, a sort of life's journey. Uh, today I'm talking to Lulu McGuinness. How are you, Lulu? I'm fine. I'm sort of fine. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. Everyone's going on lockdown tomorrow, so... yeah. Yeah, I've, I've got a lot of friends in Dublin, like a lot of uh, our haircuts I'm seeing, and it's, yeah. it seems to come quite quickly. That uh, yeah, is it from midnight tomorrow? Isn't it midnight tomorrow? So I better yeah. rush to Aldi and do my food shopping. Yeah, before the toilet rolls run out again. Oh God! Yeah, joking aside. I know. It, to, to be to be honest, it's I, I really feel for everyone out. I feel for you and for everyone out there. Mm. You know, like we we've, we've got all our restrictions over here. We've got everything going, but like the thought of going back into deep lockdown, it is quite daunting. You know. Yeah, um, it is, and you know, um, I live out in the sticks completely. I don't know if you can yeah. hear the silence. Yeah. Um. So. It's just me and my husband. Um, yeah. We're quite lucky because, okay, we're not in a really bad situation financially, but it's it's it is very bad for a lot of people mm. um, who you know have to be locked indoors and not able to work really. So a lot of shops closing down, restaurants, pubs. Our mainstay in Ireland is a pub. Yeah, um, yeah. So oh. yeah. So it's not it's not great on that um, side, but on on the other hand, you know, six weeks. I know it sounds like a long time, but really, if it is going to make a difference, then fine. You know, yeah, we're all going to get through it somehow. Yeah, of course. So let's yeah. um, before we get too far into COVID because we're all yeah yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's have a happy journey. Let's have a happy journey. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to the little the little Lulu when she was little young. Lulu. Yeah, little where Lulu. Did where did it all start? <laughs> um, okay, um, little Lulu. Well, Lulu became my nickname because um, uh, my real name is Ambrosia, which, um, as you know, um, 
Ambrosia cicadas. Try saying that with a sandwich in your mouth at school. <laughs> I used to get called all sorts of uh, nicknames at school. Um, as you can imagine, ambrosia creamed rice and tapioca and semolina and you name it, I've had it. Um, yeah, I uh, born in London, uh, immigrant parents, um, Cypriots, Greek Cypriots, a bit of Italian ancestry in there as well. Um, and born in Soho, of all places. Soho? Soho. Old Compton Street. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, wasn't actually born in Soho, but that's no. where we lived at the beginning. Yeah. Starting out. So, uh, yeah. Um, I, look, I look back and I think, oh, my God, if only they were still there, you know, if they only still had that flat. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that's. That was the beginning. Um, and basically, um, okay, quite a, a strange upbringing. Um, very strict upbringing in my day. You know, when you're a child of immigrants, um, you have kind of a strange background. You know, they want you to be Greek and they want you to be, to fit into the English society and they want you to speak Greek and they want you to speak English and they want you to do everything, um, which I endeavoured to do. So, um, yeah, I went to St. Martin's uh, oh. after a long and horrible, I hated my schools. <laughs> yeah. I got sent to all sorts of schools. Um, very hard to fit in. I, you know, I, I never really fitted in. So... There came the eccentricity from a very young age, you know. So anyway, um, yeah, uh, after struggling with a, a lot of uh, stuff at school, I ended up at art school. Yeah. And um, I didn't actually study fashion at all. Um, I studied fine art and um, which, as you know, is a bit of everything. Um, I was slightly dyslexic. Um, which I didn't find out until adulthood. So, um, you know, it was something that you never really kind of talked about. No, nobody really told you back in my day if you were dyslexic or not. So um, I didn't realise this until later on because I really could never, ever sit down and study properly. I got my A-levels, but with a, uh, you know, it was hard. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't know why. And ironically, many years, years later, I took my son um, to see if he had a problem with learning because he did have a lot of difficulties when he was young. And I ended up finding out that I was <laughs> the <laughs> dyslexic one. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I loved art school and it was total escape from me, from from everything, really. So, yeah. Do you think there's this like because it seems like something there of, of not belonging and not fitting in, mm. uh, and I just I, my mind keeps keeps going back to be a young child in Soho. You don't imagine living there, do you? You don't imagine living in that. No, you know, but to you it would have been normal. But from that, um, yeah, up until I think I was about six, six or seven. So. Um, yeah, they moved me out of there. I wish they hadn't. Um, I do remember some really amazing things, though, like Berwick Street Market. And um, 
all the little cafes and my mum's uncle had a, a restaurant there, um, a Greek restaurant. And he kind of tended to be, I think he was kind of the one that took in all the refugees in, you know, whoever came over from Cyprus and didn't have anywhere to eat or stay or whatever. He was like the guy to go to. Right. Um, so little things like that. And, and yeah, I had two very different parents. One was extremely strict and my dad was very, very, I was an only child. I was, you know, one daughter. They didn't want me to, um, you know, go off the rails as it were. <laughs> Um, which I didn't, to be fair, not not then, <laughs> right? Um, so yeah, it was it was hard being pulled from left, right, and centre. You know, my mum wanted me to be a school teacher um, and to get married and have ten kids, and you know, and I just wanted to, I just wanted to paint and um, and do artistic things, you know. But my mother was the one that was in the rag trade, ironically. Um, it was probably because of her that I later on got involved um, in the fashion industry. My first job was a Harrods uh, sales girl, 16 years old. Right. So, yeah, I got, I was always kind of into sales and yeah, Harrods was, Harrods was fantastic. It was brilliant to work there. Saturday girl. Especially, especially at 16, you know. Like oh, Yeah. Brilliant. I mean, 16 and, you know, back in the day, I don't, obviously it's not the same today, but you had to be a public school girl. They wouldn't, they wouldn't take you from a, a comprehensive. Really? Yeah. Really snobby. Yeah. Really. They used to separate everybody in the different departments. So you kind of didn't really mix with the girls in the beauty department. <laughs> it really? Bad. Yeah. Really bad. That's how it was, isn't it? You know, it's yeah, hard to yeah. imagine now. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be that, you know, wouldn't be okay now, but it, it was a different world. Yeah. It, um, I mean, I'm not being, this is not being, I mean, it was really strange for people because I wasn't, um, I wasn't from an upper class background. No. You know, I was from a working class background, really. Um, and, you know, everybody I worked with was from a public school. I just happened to go to a public school because my dad sent me to one, but because um, yeah. they didn't have more kids. So I was slightly privileged in that way. But, you know, it was just really strange because, you know, I've actually, my accent's mellowed now. I used yeah. to have a very posh accent. Got rid of it. I got rid of it slightly. Mine's a bit like that. I did it. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm very good at picking up accents. It's one of my husband. He hates it when I do it. I tend to, I tend to. If you if you talk to me for another half an hour, I'll start talking like you. Oh, you mate. Oh, right. Nice. Yeah, I will. I will. <laughs> By the end of this, you'll be an Essex bird. Totally. Oh no, wrong colour hair, isn't it? Yeah, totes amazed. <laughs> no, God, that was a really bad remark. No. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I tend to pick up accents. The only accent I can't really do is the Irish, and I live here. Yeah. It's so strong, though, isn't it? Oh, it really, and Donegal. I mean, Donegal is just, you know, because we're, we're in the Republic, as you know, but we're closer to Northern Ireland, and Donegal is quite a, a – they have their own kind of strong accent, 
Yes. I find myself apologizing for my accent to people. <laughs> it's really sad, isn't it? It's like, I'm actually Greek. I don't really sound like this. <laughs> You'll probably be better accepted if you're Greek than English. <laughs> oh, stop it. I know. Don't, don't even go there. Don't even go there. Because <laughs> it's still, it's still quite strong, isn't it? I know. I've, I've, I've got relatives in, in Ireland and I've been there, but I was quite shocked when someone didn't like me because I was English. <laughs> I was kind you know, of taken aback, yeah. you know, like, oh, what's this all about? Well, let me tell you something. It's very strange with me because I left London. We keep going off on tangents, by the way, but I left London when I was 22, 21, 22. And I moved to a tiny little island again that was divided down the middle because Cyprus was also, mm. it had been invaded in 74. So the north of Cyprus is obviously, as you know, Turkish. Yeah. The southern part is the Greek part. Yeah. So I, I lived uh, in, the, in the Greek part. But again, you know, that di another divided island it, with the difference that there, that the, the island is got a hard border. Yeah. And here we obviously don't have a hard border, thankfully. Um, but yeah, and then I end up moving to another place, which is, you know, Northern Ireland, Southern Ireland. And yeah. um, it does get political, of course. Yeah, you know. course, yeah. it's there. You can't ignore it. My, my, no. my, my dad, he, he, because there was a, so you said it was in 74, there was an, um, some trouble yeah. in Cyprus. But yeah, the time before invaded. that as well. Sorry? There must have been some time before that as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, there was, well, um, I, I wouldn't be, my husband would know more than me, ironically, because he's the journalist and the historian in the family. But, um, yeah, before, before then, um, uh, there were troubles. There were, there were troubles, as it were. Yeah. Well, uh, my dad was in the army, um, and I was born yeah. in 62, so it would have been quite a bit before that, 10 years before yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, uh, so probably mid fifties, and yeah. he went, he was out there serving, and it, evidently it was quite nasty out there. It got yeah. quite, it's quite. It, it there was quite. I a, know. He was in. He was. He did see active service out there. Where? Where? Do you do, do you remember where he was? He was in Nicosia, I think. Nicosia, which is where I lived. Well, yeah. you see, the the Greeks would have wanted the Brits out because right. it, it was under British rule. Right, I see. It was a British colony, so unfortunately your dad was obviously there uh, when yeah. it was a British colony. Um, right. And very similar. I mean, it's very similar to here. You know, they, they just didn't, they wanted their independence, which they yeah. did eventually get. Yeah, of course. Um, and, yeah, there would have been a, a big group of people that would have been very anti-Brit. Yeah. Um, well, so if you, you had met him, you would have been as well. He, he was a bit of a nuisance. But he was Scottish. Um, worse, he was Scottish, my dad. Oh, was he? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, I think the Greeks get on with the Celts, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just a very delicate... You know, I don't wish it on to anybody being the child of an immigrant... Uh, of immigrants that, you know doesn't really quite have an identity. Yeah. I, I never, ever really had an identity. I, I still feel like that now. And 
you know, um, what I've, whatever I've, tr- I've done in my life, I've always, um, thankfully, you know, persevered and been quite successful at, yeah, but always with a huge struggle, always, always. And, and never, um, you know, I've always battled, um, my, you know, doing things for myself without anybody's, without anybody's help. And, you know, Greek families and Italian families and Cypriot families, Mediterraneans in general, they're very, um, quite, con- they can be quite controlling. Yeah. Um, and it's great that they all stick together and they, you know, they want to help and whatever, but it's never unconditional, I found. Yeah. So controlling behaviors like that, isn't it? And it, 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 yeah. you know, human beings, it forces us a little bit to rebel anyway. It um, does. Yeah, the more control you've got the more independent you want to become well you know I'm saying this in public and and my kids are probably going to hear it at some point but I rebelled a lot I I used to you know creep out the house and go and see all the see what was going on in the world because you know what was I missing out in London especially in the 80s you know yeah And there was one more Cypriot guy, actually, who at that time, we didn't know each other then. But we met many, many, many years later. And um, he's a Cypriot like me. I don't know much about his background, but he would have been one of the guys that would have gone to the Blitz Club. I don't know if you've heard the Blitz. I used to go. You used to go as well. Steve Steve Strange was on the door. Yeah, Steve Strange on the door. Marilyn. Marilyn, yeah, boy, I, George. I, yeah, George was there. I used yeah. to be the hairdressers working with Roy Hay, and he formed the band with George. He wrote a lot yeah. of the music with George. Oh, brilliant. So yeah. the time when they all came together. Yeah. I would have known Boy George and Marilyn when they were living in Fulham. Right. You see, for a while, I mean, I, we could talk about this for ages, but I was always like the the one that didn't dress up crazily. I would have been a little bit more, um, not conservative. I had my own style, but I didn't ever go crazy because obviously I had to go home and wash the makeup off. So did I. <laughs> <laughs> my dad was in the army. Yeah. <laughs> I was had to put your makeup on round your makeup. <laughs> today, no makeup today, but I tell I you what, I yeah, <laughs> used to go and used to go home with my and wash off all the red lipstick, you know, because yeah. I used to love going to the King's Road and buying all the nineteen fifties kind of. In those days, we didn't call it vintage; it was second hand. Flip of Hollywood in Covent Garden. Flip, yeah, yeah, flip, flip. yeah. Liberate lady get all the stilettos i used to wear the very 1950s kind of sophia loren stuff you know oh, marilyn that kind yeah. of stuff so but i never went mad with the hair because i had to go home and it was my hair was always really long you know there it's still yeah. there lockdown yeah. hair i call lockdown. it hasn't been cut yet um yeah so i i would creep back into bed and pretend nothing had happened nobody noticed yeah yeah great stuff you know it's funny and it? it's it's, yeah. it's the funny yeah. thing we and and it's like we we always think we're the first ones to ever do anything don't we you know like and it's been i know, you know 
for centuries, you know. I know, I know. And, and you know, one thing I have to say, um, I thankfully didn't get involved in any drugs um, or drinking. Yeah. Uh, I was one of the lucky ones in that way, that I didn't have to, um, you know, I didn't get involved in something that I had to try and get out of. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I had a clear mind. I could see everybody else totally yeah. off their heads on something, but I always had to have a clear head. So I was the sensible one in that way. Um, uh, that, that's a blessing because, I mean, I'm, I'm the opposite. So I've, <laughs> I've forgotten a lot, you know. And I, yeah. Half of the 1990s, I don't, I've got no clue of, and I've 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 met people who really know me at like a, 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 and I don't I've got no clue who they are. I've yeah, got, you know, tell me all these, and they go, I, I've got no clue, and it's a wasted experience, really, because it is you need to be present in these things, don't you? Well, you know, it's really funny because I remember so many people, and I I bet you they don't even know who I am. I mean, who would remember Ambrosia? You know, seriously, I just think, oh, my God, but I know you. I remember you, you know. Um, f funny enough, though, um, many, many years later, I mean, how old is Facebook now? I never got involved in Facebook at the beginning. Um, and the story behind Ludie McGuinness, a friend of mine set it up for me. And, um, and I said, do you know what? I don't really want to do Facebook. Yeah. I, don't, I don't really have anyone to to look for I keep in touch with my friends on the phone you know <laughs> um so we're talking I don't know late 90s early 20 I don't I can't remember how old it is but um and uh, she set it up for me and called it and called me Lulu McGuinness <laughs> and it just stuck it yeah. just stuck and and just the fact that she used McGuinness um, and then later on, obviously, I met my now Irish husband. People think that his surname is McGuinness, and it's not. <laughs> Poor guys, but his surname's Miles, you know. It doesn't even <laughs> sound Irish. But, um, yeah, so I, I got given that name later on. But, yeah, going, going back to um, reinventing myself all the time was because, you know, um, that was just the artistic side of me. I just, you know, went through art school, came out. Um, I actually lost a year. I did actually miss a year, and I had to go back a year later to finish my degree. Oh. I had a big year um, out um, where a few things happened, and I, I wasn't, I wasn't able to do my degree. So, but I, I luckily I got myself back in. Um, I had a great tutor who who helped me get back on the course again. So, yeah. 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 And I was there. Um, I was there. Now, I was there when Jarvis Cocker was there. Really? Yeah, but we, you see, there's a big sort of um, thing about that. Um, he was there, um, but there was a kind of big controversy because I – when I was doing my degree the first two years, um, I was the only Greek girl at St. Martin's in my course. Right. And then many, many, many years later, um, there was this big thing. Um, 
probably pre-internet and Google, um, you know, the song Common People, as you know. Yeah. Um, is it Ambrosia? You know, <laughs> she's a Greek girl. I'd be very flattered if I was his muse. I don't know. <laughs> really don't know. Really don't know. It's all left question marks. <laughs> but yeah. It's so intriguing. <laughs> well, you know, um, I can't really say much because, yes, I did know him, but I didn't know him that well. So, yeah. 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 You've got a really strange oh, smile on your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've got a very vivid imagination. All is all I can say. You obviously have. Yeah, yeah. So... I so, took myself off to Cyprus after that anyway. Did you? Yeah. I so did. where did you then get back into the fashion industry? When I was, uh, when I moved to Cyprus, um, because I'd, I'd done, a, I'd, I worked as a Saturday girl at Harrods for, for quite a few years. Yeah. Um, from the age of six to 15, 16. I think I worked right up until the end of my degree. So I would have been 19. And, and still doing summer jobs there and Saturdays and, and stuff like that. So I actually got myself onto the window dressing team. Um, and I did that without getting paid. I just helped out with the windows. And um, this was probably at a time, um, I think Mary Portis of the Mary Portis Spain. She must have just left when I, uh, she was pre-me. She was, she was there before me. But, um, yeah, they had a great window dressing team. And it was, it was basically the two shops then were Harvey Nichols and, uh, and Harrods. And I suppose Selfridges later on, you know, uh, Liberties was always, always around. But for windows, Harrods was the one that you went to, for, you know, to see their Christmas windows. So I had a lot of training with them. Um, and I loved the retail. I loved, I loved retail. I, lo I worked in every single department in Harrods, every single one, apart from the beauty department, because I just hated that you had to have makeup on all day. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I, I just couldn't have seen myself spraying people with perfume. And uh, no. you like to smell <laughs> your perfume, I don't think. So, I mean, I, my favourite was men's underwear. <laughs> <laughs> what? I loved the men's underwear department. It was fabulous. Why? Cashmere socks. I met so many members of the royal family. I could tell you some stories. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, I've oh. met fabulous people in there yeah, um yeah. yeah they used to come and buy their cashmere socks you've got a dirty mind cashmere <laughs> socks before they went skiing right so, i mean by the dozen by the do yeah. i mean yeah um and i learned all these you know different um words for under you know for cotton so they feel the course socks which was the, <laughs> whatever that means um but, you know fabulous cotton and linen socks and underwear you right. know? and I had a fab um boss uh, I, just about I can't remember his first name it was St John something St John he was so posh I loved him yeah brilliant and he said Ambrosia you're folding the no let me teach you how to fold those socks properly darling you're not doing it properly how to fold t-shirts and you know yeah. vests 
and things. Yeah, I love that department. Did the fruit and veg. Right. I used to make milkshakes for Michael Caine and his wife every Saturday. If I was at the soda bar, the soda stream bar, I don't know if it exists anymore. So, yeah, I was I was a a mobile sales girl was flitted around Harrods. Yeah. It brings back memories of the of, the, of that time, doesn't it? And yeah, it's brilliant. We've still got the superstars, but they haven't got that. They haven't got that personality that they. No, not at all. You know, you you gave people special service. I mean, it didn't matter whether they they had five pounds to spend. Yeah. Or whether they had five million. Seriously, I could tell you some stories. You know, we had um, there was a pet department where you could hire a pet for the day from London Zoo. I, I'm sure it doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> no, no. You know, um, so I worked in the flower department, the Christmas wrapping department, which was unbelievable. I mean, it was chaotic, yeah. was it? Chaotically, I mean, it was anxiety from the moment you weren't allowed to show the sellotape. You had to double it over and stick yeah. it down. Yeah, and then tie all the string and, and the ribbons and people had to order it. It was just the, the, the amount of money people spent on the outside of the package yeah. was just incredible, you know. They used to buy the most expensive paper and ribbon, yeah. um, you know, for something that maybe have cost less than the wrapping, you know. Absolutely. So, yeah, it was great. It was great. I really loved it. And um, so straight after my degree, I um, found a job um, that was going to get me out of London. I really wanted to take a year out and go, leave, leave the UK. And I was offered a job with uh, Next PLC. Now, at that time, it was a guy, the head of Next was George Davis. Yeah. Do you remember George? I vaguely remember the name, yeah. Of George Davis at Asda today. Oh, oh right, now I do know the name, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. at that time, George Davis would have been um, the head of the, the Next PLC group. Right, they were based up in Leicester. I didn't even know where Leicester was. I'd never even been, seriously, I hadn't been that far north ever. Um, and I did my training with them. I did, I did some window training with them and some managerial te- uh, training with them. And I got offered this job to go and open the shops up in, in Nicosia, Cyprus. Help wow. them with opening. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Young woman, 22 suddenly thrown into managerial status i loved it brilliant yeah so that's where it all started and um i opened up um obviously with a, a team of other people um we had two shops in nicosia menswear ladies wear then we opened another one in another town in limassol um it didn't last very long i wasn't there that long i was there for maybe a year yeah uh, before I became a freelance window dresser. Right. And um, I basically, I, I decluttered everybody's window in Nicosia because they were awful. That... <laughs> 1986 windows in Nicosia. I'm sorry if anyone's listening to this that has a shop 
there well they're probably all gone now but um the mannequins were awful they still had false eyelashes on <laughs> and wigs and stuff and they were all a bit yeah you know um so yeah I kind of minimized everybody's windows and I became quite a good little window dresser I had about I was doing about 15 shops at one time all right. on my own <laughs> yeah it was great what made you being freelancing why did you because you're security well, with obviously the you know what the, the owner because because I've, god you probably can you see me yes you can yeah. um well at that time um it was a very you know next was something really new it was a fabulous company to work for then um but a couple of the people that were in there were a bit dodgy Oh right. <laughs> Say no more. And I just I just couldn't see it last. I, and and lo and behold it actually didn't. It it closed after a few years. Yeah. And it was off the market for a few years more before somebody brought it back again. Um and in the meantime I just went off and uh, did my freelance work. Um do you remember Woolworths? Yes. <laughs> Woolworths. Woolworths, yeah. Um, I basically did their windows in Nicosia. Right. And But Woolworths then in Nicosia was quite a posh shop. It wasn't, it was, yeah. <laughs> pick and mix. I know, it's all I think of is pick and mix. Pick and mix, I know. It's just pick and mix, isn't it? Yeah, but it was, it was the, the posh shop of Nicosia because it was, a, it was the only shop that had lots of different things different departments yeah so it had the biggest windows and i could do the most you know i, I could get creative in their windows i and i did it at a time when that nobody did kind of you know wow windows for christmas so yeah. and and it was funny because i was given the tiniest of budgets i mean we were harrods we were dealing with hundreds of thousands and then suddenly i was working for someone who said i'll give you what do you, you know, what do you need for Christmas? A few hundred quid? What can you throw up, you know, throw together? Skinny little tree. <laughs> oh, stop it. it. I had to make everything out of polystyrene and paint yeah. it. Yeah. Limitation quite... leads to creation. Oh, absolutely. I've got to tell you the most inventive thing I ever used, and that was um, we had to hang baubles on a tree outside the shop. But so people wouldn't nick them back in the day. I mean, you know, uh, why they would nick baubles off a tree, I don't know. But they, she didn't, you know, my boss didn't want me to put expensive decorations on this tree. And I went and bought all the, you know, that round thing in the toilet system? Oh, yeah. I know. I know. Lots of gold spray paint. Yeah. And hundreds of those plastic cistern yeah. things. Because this tree was massive. So, I, yeah, they look good. Smell. It looked yeah. good and it smelled good. Oh, stop it. <laughs> yeah, toilet cleaner. <laughs> so, yeah. And fast forward a few years, um, I then approached French Connection in London. Right. And said, um, how about we work together? And I became uh, the French Connection shops in Cyprus, basically, after that. Oh, right. 
from 1989 until 2004. And then from 2004 onwards, I was the agent for, for Cyprus. And for a short while, I was also the agent for Greece. And I took on some other British brands after that. And I was the agent, so I had a lovely showroom and they used to pop over. You see, things have changed now. They, they, there's no such thing as agencies anymore. No. No fashion agencies anymore. No. Yeah, so... Different time, in it, now? Lots of wonderful memories of French Connection. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, um, thing, isn't it? It's like, and, and that creativity that you showed at an early age you was then it's something you can always express throughout all of it yeah absolutely and you know what i i i never thought of myself um as more than a shop girl really yeah. even though it was a very successful business and a very successful brand um it gave me the amazing ability of uh, popping on a plane every month and and you know Great Porton Street were our head offices then. Yeah. Uh, I knew the owner very, very well because my mother worked for him before I came along. So, you know, she worked with him from the 60s, from the late 60s. So I had kind of a connection there, um, ironically. But, um, yeah, it, it gave me some amazing chances and I worked for some amazing people and... You know, when when you're when you own stores, this is what you said earlier. It was very personal before. Yeah. Now everything is online. You don't even have to visit a store. Um, there's n no customer service really in in a normal high street store. No. Um, you know, there's. I, I'm not saying that in a nasty way. Today you walk in. And, you know, it's hardly are you being served. <laughs> I know, I know. And it, it's, it, it's the, the, change in, uh, the, the change of habits. Um, it had changed an awful lot before lockdown, hadn't it? It changed yeah. an awful lot before 2020. Yeah, this yeah. It's compounded it now. Um, and this lockdown mentality and the thing of change has become, people have changed their habits. Um, they have, they have some time you know before it comes um a few years i think i mean I, I i the people are saying you know support little businesses i totally agree um i do support local and i do support small businesses i always have yeah. because i've you know apart from french connection i had another little business going as well which was kind of a lifestyle store for quite a few years I helped a lot of people um, by organizing a, uh, a handicraft one of the only handicraft markets at, of its time in Nicosia to help people who couldn't afford to have their own stores yeah. um, rent little tables from me and um, set up and I would do the rest I did all the advertising and the lighting and the music and you know everything else that needed to be done I did and a lot of the time I actually didn't really charge some people because I knew they were struggling, you know, Yeah. but they needed to get their stuff out there and to showcase it. And, um, 
So, yeah, I, I did my bit for society in Nicosia, in Cyprus. But at the same time, um, you know, previous to that, I also had great fun um, running, you know, the businesses and having three kids at the same time. That was hard as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was interesting. <laughs> you because going like as the things are now. Your Instagram, we've got we <laughs> have a very similar taste because you just keep putting on these iconic images. Yeah. I just love some of the images you put on. Thank you. <laughs> I have got a huge archive of um, my secret wish, really, and I just never did it. Life, life takes over tragedies take over good happy you know how it goes um my secret secret wish was i would have loved to have been an art director yeah if i could have been offered a job like that but i was just never at the right place right time you know um i've done quite a lot of um photo shoots and stuff but within french connection and within the company Uh, back in the day when we had the buy mail catalogue, you know, um, before online business and stuff like that. And um, I remember Kate Moss when she was 17. Really? Yeah. One of her first, I mean, I was at the shoot when she had, uh, she did um, a shoot for FC before Calvin Klein took her. Yeah. yeah. And I still got the slides. We work with, I've still got the little slides and everything. I remember so vividly what she was wearing. Yeah. But, you know, this is what I, going back to what we said before, um, I'm not phased by celebrity at all. I just, I remember people being normal people back in the day. They were just people that you worked with and, and you came across, I'm sure you've come across, you know, hundreds of celebrities in your lifetime you you just deal with them as people as normal people which they are yeah and i i found that i found that um see i was taught a long time ago never look up or down no um, absolutely i think if you are like that you you tend people tend to feel more relaxed with you anyway yeah um because i don't, I don't try not to put people on pedestals and I, I really try never to look down at anyone um and so, and people, as you say, people are people. That, you know, we're all human beings. Absolutely. Same insecurities, the same, yeah. the same daily problems as we have. Um, yeah. Uh, and they're just, it's just sometimes they've got a very different light, <laughs> a very surreal light. Absolutely. That, that's the only difference, that they just have a different life. We all have different lives, you know. Um, yeah. and, it, and, you know, social media has changed people's lives a lot i i keep in touch now with a lot of people that i lost touch with yeah from way back in the 80s that we've discovered each other again and yeah. uh chatting away we're all older we're all in our 50s now yeah um and yeah we've all been through all sorts of things you know good and bad um people people as you say are people and we're all we have all been through a bad time this year, whoever we are. Yeah. You know, I, 
Yeah, I mean, in, in it's there's only one positive that came out of it for me. Um, I've been in lockdown for three years because of where I am. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. it hasn't felt that much different. Yeah. Because we moved out in the sticks completely, totally remote. Yeah. Um, I changed, we, we, for personal reasons, my, you know, our whole life changed completely. Yeah. And, um, but it's given, it's calmed me down. Yeah. Um, I accept so much more than I used to accept. Yeah. You know, um, the downside about being here is the rain all the time. I don't like the rain. I, I'm <laughs> It's so much rain there. That's why it's so yeah. green. It? It's why it's to the Emerald Isle. It's because it's pissing the rain all the time. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that now, as a you know, as a friend recently, um, she's got her own podcast, and she recommended all this rain gear. Yeah. And I thought, well, who you know? And I found myself sitting on the internet one night thinking, oh, how exciting can you make a cape that's <laughs> of all. But I found myself buying one because I thought, you know what? I'm going to get out there. I can't stay stuck indoors all the time. I've got to do this. Yeah. And I bought myself a, a funky cape, which is still in the post. It hasn't arrived yet. <laughs> Watch this space. I will. I want pictures. I want pictures of the cape. You know me. I don't really, I don't really put pictures of myself on Instagram. <laughs> it's, always, it's always like Audrey Hepburn or someone else. That's it. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. some gorgeous Jean Seaborg or somebody, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I know, I promise a rain hat. I've got a rain hat here, actually, that I put on when I go out, but what can I do? It's not um, my favourite thing to do, walk in the rain. <laughs> but having said, yeah, there's, there's no such thing as bad weather, just the wrong clothes. I think it should be really common. Somebody famous said that, yeah, you're right. I don't know if I agree with it completely. No, no, yeah, it's all right till, it, till you're out in it. <laughs> Yeah. I like the sound of it on the windows when I'm in by a warm fire. That, that's that's why I prefer. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. It, it's it or on a calm app or whatever. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Pay a subscription to hear to 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 hear the noise of what I get every day. <laughs> now you've got you've got you know joking aside. I first year I thought I was going absolutely bonkers. Yeah. It was such an extreme change for me. Culture shock, yeah. You know, being and also being with people all day. Um, I'm not with people all day. You know, I've got my dog and my husband. He's yeah. hiding away at the moment, by the way. Yeah, yeah he's doing a good job, yeah. <laughs> he's doing very good. He's doing very well. He's locked himself up in his office. <laughs> he flies planes. Does he? Yeah, his office looks like this amazing, like... What's it called? A flight simulator. Flight tech, yeah. <laughs> you walk in there and it's just little lights and he go he see he's found his he's, he's found his it. escape. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got one of those three D things. Oh is he? <laughs> Amazing. Whatever works. Whatever floats your boat. Whatever up. floats your boat. <laughs> Me at the moment I am writing a novel. Oh yeah. Yeah. What what theme is that? Um, okay. I'm hoping it gets published. Any publishers out there? Yeah, yeah. What's your space? <laughs> um, 
I did write one in the past. Right. But we didn't go mainstream publisher because we just, nobody was interested. So we published uh, with a publisher call, which was ironically called lulu.com. Can you believe that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it was publishing on demand. Um, oh, so it, you know, it went on Amazon and uh, Kindle and whatever. Um, but it was kind of written way a little bit ahead of its time, I think. There was a lot of sex in it. All right. Little Wait, bit of Fifty Shades, was it a little bit? No, it was pre Fifty Shades. It was oh, pre Fifty Shades. Before, See, it was a bit ahead of its time. Right. <laughs> so that was called Greek Girls Don't Cry. Oh, right. I shall look um, it up. <laughs> look it up, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's still. Oh, I shouldn't have told you, but I have now. Um, yeah. That was a long time ago because uh, amongst the many things I did when I was in Cyprus, I also wrote social columns for six years. Oh, did you? Yeah, which was real fun. That was amazing. I wrote under my real name, Ambrosia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was six years of weekly columns. And that's how I got into writing. Right. That was my escape from fashion. <laughs> oh, you're in the perfect environment now to write that, aren't you? I mean, yeah, I, I, I have to sit down and do it because I, I can be so lazy. Yeah. I mean, you and me could talk all day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, you've got to be very disciplined. Yeah, yeah. So I've you set myself... Time. Yeah, I've set myself every morning. I get up at five. Right. And I do as much as I possibly can in the morning. Right. So while you're sleeping... Yes, you're right. I'm tapping away. Yeah. And how's it going? It's hard because... Um, it's a novel, but it's going to have a lot of truths, you know, real life stuff in there as well. Yeah. And I hope it will help a lot of people because it's a lot of uh, personal experiences in there that might hit home with some people. Well, you'll probably find the first person it helps is you because that's, yeah. it is cathartic and it getting that stuff out. Totally. Have you written anything? I've written lots of things in my time. Um, um, in, a, in, in a healing way. So, yeah. you know, like, uh, you know, I, I, because I, um, of, I'm 14 and a half years sober. Um, yeah. Part of what we do is, is you have to keep putting pen to paper. So, yes. Not in sure. it's not full. I've got a novel in me. <laughs> Whether it'll ever get out. We all have. I know. I was, I was freelance hairdresser for five years. <laughs> I was like, I think I, you've. I, I think you do. about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was fun. <laughs> wow. You know what? Or a beast. Or a beast. Yeah. You do an amazing job, though. I mean, I'm turning the spotlight on you for a second. Uh, an amazing job. And, I, you know, I, I secretly try to help a hell of a lot of people here. Yeah. I don't mean secretly in a, in a, in a secretive way. I mean, I try. I'm, I'm, I do get involved in yeah. mental health issues. Yeah. Um, you know, 
it 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 can affect anybody at any time. It definitely can. It, it can. I, I I meet I meet some of the uh, the people I meet in, in when I go out and do what I do. They're the most unlikely people you would think to end up in that position. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's uh, and it's a lesson to us all that, that you know no matter where you're from, what your circumstance, you can be floored by that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The biggest thing is communication is to reach out and constantly let people know how you are and, um, you know, never bottle it all up. Um, and there is always a solution. There's always a solution to anything, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so important to stay in touch with people as well. You know, people people get very involved in their own lives. Mm. And... You know, I make sure I and I and I'm and I mean this whether they reply or not. Every day I will text, you know, most of my friends and just even just two words, you know, yeah. have a good day. Um, I don't expect one back, but um, because I know people are busy. But you know, sometimes you can, even though you don't speak to someone for a very long time, you can feel sometimes that something's going on, and you just need to to reach out and say, hi, you know, um, how are you? Haven't heard from you for a long time. Um, just because you just don't know how people are feeling or what they're thinking or, you know, just takes a split second to think something bad Mm. and you don't want it to be too late for someone, you know? Of course. So. Hmm. Well, my lovely Lulu, we've uh, we've been around the hour. Yeah, it flies, doesn't it? Time flies. Yeah, it was it was really strange me like flitting in and out of my past. As you said, I remember most of mine. Yes, (laughs) some of mine is probably best forgotten. Oh, I think I think we do. We all lock a little bit of our past away. Oh, I don't know. Yes, I've. uh, I feel like I've had like three lifetimes. I've had three different separate lives that, you know, they're all so different. And this one, I mean, now is quite different. Um, Is it the best one? I think it is, to be honest. Yeah. yeah, That's how I feel at the moment, that I'm living my best life and my children have grown up. Yeah. Um, I haven't got grandkids yet, but... You know, I'm hoping that my kids have learnt a lot from their parents' life. Yeah. And um, that they can get on with it safely, you know, and I don't know, with lots and lots of love. I, I let my kids decide for themselves at the end of the day what they want to do, you know. It's interesting because I think you, both, you, you what you summed up at the beginning with your like your parents. I had a similar thing with mine. I had a, a, a very strict dad and a, a very sort of caring mum, and it, it, you know, and and I've allowed my kids to be who they are. Um, yeah. And I think that's it. When you you make you realise what you want for your own kids, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, absolutely. Away from what my parents they they did what they could with the hand they were dealt at the time. Right, absolutely. Uh, you know, it, I think my kids have found their own way, you know, 
So I've got I've got five. Oh wow! Three grandchildren, so I'm kept very busy. I know. Yeah, I'm kept very busy. So um, lots uh, of love to them all. Yes, yes, and to yours. Well, Lulu, it's been emotional. (laughs) It's it's been great. I love it. Yeah, we haven't had a coffee together, have we? No, it's like a virtual. This is our version of a coffee. But one day I will come and visit Donegal. When I'm over at, please God, when I'm back to haircuts from the yeah. start. Well, you yeah. know the Black Barn is right next door. You stay yeah. there. Yeah, I shall. I shall, you I shall come okay. and visit and have a coffee. Um, Absolutely. And uh, you know, you know where I am. I will. Only. <laughs> yeah. No. Same to you. Lots of love and carry yeah. on the brilliant work. Thank you. Much love, my darling. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. just over five years ago I did something that changed my life what it did more than I could have ever realised it helped me I have met some absolutely amazing people some of the people that work in some of these places many of them are volunteers but some of them it is their job this is more than a job this is a calling 